This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The Leafs live here. Nylander slides through the neutral zone and in. Right wing side, Kerfoot. Kerfoot into the corner. Played it back to the blue line. Over it goes to Willie. Back it comes to Giordano. Giordano shot. Scores! Scores! Mark Giordano! Scoring! The pass off the wing! And the shot from the blue line was deflected right at the goal! But the Leafs win it in overtime! Wow, what a call. I could listen to that for the rest of the night. Kerfoot gets the overtime winner on a power play tip-in at 4-14 of the first overtime period. The Leafs complete a marvelous comeback. 5-4, they win and have a 3-1 series lead. Welcome to the post-game show. Jim Taddy, Frankie Corrado, and Jimmy Ralph, kind enough to hang around uh, with us. Uh, Ralphie, I mean, I don't know how to describe what's happened in these last two games, but it's, I don't mean to be cruel here, but it's unleaf-like, and, and it is really enjoyable to see, i got to say. Yeah, and you know, I never had any doubt after the second period tonight, Jimmer. <laughs> we're, we're just going on all cylinders. Don't, don't wait a minute. Just, don't uh, about what? Uh, yeah. Well, it was was, was, uh, Ra- was Ralphie listening to us? Just these guys are morons. The same old song and dance with these guys. Classic Leaf guys. Yeah. Mister I mean, Positive. I mean, Jimmy Ralph. Really, really, when you look at the two games in Tampa, they played maybe a period and a half, two periods. Yeah. Out of the six that that you could say that they were, you know, better than Tampa in. And uh, and yet they they find a way to do it, and uh, it's got to be difficult for Tampa not only to lose the two games at home, but how you lost them. I mean, you give up a goal with a minute left in regulation, lose in overtime. Uh, you blow a three goal lead in regulation, lose in overtime. And um, you know, as as much as you say it's all about the next game and everything, uh, you've got to believe that their spirits are um, are severely uh, damaged after this. It's um, yeah, it's hard to explain from a Leaf standpoint why. And, and even you've got to remember in game two, when the Leafs end up blowing out Tampa, uh, Mitch Marner scored uh, in the first minute of the game, and then Tampa came back with the next eight shots and carried the play before the Leafs were able to get it back going. So uh, the the starts for the Leafs in these games have not exactly been uh, letter perfect, uh, but they found a way to hang around and battle back. I know Sheldon Keefe said repeatedly after game three, uh, we've got to be better, but we stuck with it. I like the way we stuck with it. And um, for those people that don't know what that means, it means that you can be awful, but stick with it and hopefully <laughs> get better manageable. as the game goes on. Yeah, just keep it close enough that eventually you can make a play on it. We were talking about this last year a lot, Ralphie, where Toronto needed to get Tampa to a point where they realize they've played a lot of hockey and it's going to be a real uphill climb to find their way back in the series. And they could never do that last year. But this year, when you're looking at a 3-1 deficit and you think, man, we just went to the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row. I haven't had a summer. My body hurts. Like, Do you think this is enough of a seed of doubt here for the Lightning where they're looking at it thinking, it, it might it might have come to an end. Uh, I mean, possibly. I mean, I don't I don't think you admit that to, to teammates or you have discussions about that. Uh, what might also sort of be in the back of your mind is if if there's some way we can get out of this series and win three in a row, we got Boston. You know, you you, you wouldn't look that far ahead, uh, but it's sort of floating out there that uh, you know, as far as getting back to the Stanley Cup Finals, it's it's going to be difficult and. It would have to start with, um, you know, a, a comeback in the series like the, the Leafs had to come back in the third period. So, um, 
The, the one thing that I, I found a little odd throughout the series to this point, and not so much tonight, but uh, especially games two and three, is how Tampa didn't really seem to, to handle their emotions as well as they had during the runs, where there was a lot of chirping. There was a lot of stuff going on after the whistle. Even when, you know, you've got to think in game three, when Morgan Riley collides with Braden Point, the guys on the ice have got to figure, okay, this is a penalty, and we're going on the power play. But then you have Stamkos and Kucherov on the ice, jump guys, and take themselves out of it. So at least ended up at the power play on it. But you're thinking on the ice, why wouldn't they say, okay, let's just go grab somebody and hold on, but but make sure that uh, we're the ones with the, uh, the the power play when we get through this. And instead, they they basically canceled themselves out and were the ones that took the extra penalty. And and to me, that m- might be more of a sign, Frankie, that they're not quite the team that they were, that there was already some frustration starting to seep in. And uh, But having said that, I mean, you, you don't, <laughs> I was going to say, you don't see a lot of three-goal comebacks in the playoffs unless you stayed up and watched Edmonton L.A. last night. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> or or, or uh, Winnipeg and Vegas. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, Doesn't happen often. Common. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, it's incredible. And, you know, uh, I think Vasilevsky's average was about 460 or something coming into the game, and, and it's going to go up again. And, and that's one of the things that I thought, especially in the Morgan Riley tying goal, uh, when you look at it again, I mean, Morgan Riley never leaves the left wing side, but somehow Vasilevsky's guessing that it's going far side and opens up the uh, the short side blocker side, which um, which I thought was strange. But uh, what, what I do like about the Leafs and the comebacks and everything else, they started just throwing the puck to the net and getting traffic in front. And, you know, Achari's goal was like that in the second period. Matthews with the tip. In the third, uh, you had the Morgan Riley goal to tie it up, and then even the overtime winner, Mark Giordano, says same thing. I'm going to throw it to the net. We've got traffic in front, and Alex Kerfoot had the great redirection. It's just odd that you would need four goals to win this, and two of them would be on the power play, and the power play was was a complete rally killer up until Matthews scored at 12:29 uh, to get the Leafs to within one. I mean that 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 power play was was tough. Yeah, there, and it just felt like it was one of those games that, uh, and, and I heard uh, you and Frankie talking about the intermissions where you say that it's uh, it, it can sometimes sap your energy or your momentum, yeah. where uh, you know where it gives the other team the, the the big boost because they not only killed the penalty but just snuffed it out completely, and um, you know for for the Leafs to be able to battle back. Now the the one funny thing in the second uh, was it the second period when uh, uh, Matthew Nyes pulled one off the goal line. Yeah. Yes. You're thinking that's got to mean something, right? That's got to be, <laughs> you know. And then you're going, okay, yeah, I did. And it's just uh, not something we're ever going to talk about. But even then, you're thinking, man. Uh, I mean, the golf gods, or the golf gods. I hope I've got them tomorrow. But the, yes. you know, the hockey, the, <laughs> the hockey gods, the, the hockey gods. You're looking at it. and You're going, man. You know, the Leafs are getting some breaks. You know, sometimes on penalty on, sometimes on penalty calls. Um, you know, and, and you know, it was probably better to have at the time uh, have the penalty shot instead of going four on four. Even though uh, I know in the shootout the the success rate in the shootout is better than on a power play, but um, you know, then Elia Samsonov again looks at times like he's struggling a little bit, and then all of a sudden becomes Superman. And uh, you know, the save off Kalorn that he made in the third period, which was a game saver, um, when he went post to post, or they had that little give and go with Sorelli, and he was able to get over. You know, then the the save off Stamkos in overtime. Um, you know, Elias Samsonov is a guy that 
um, seems to be thriving under the big, big uh, the big moment as well. Well, it, it seems like he's got the perfect demeanor for it, and that's where I was going next to Ilya Samsonov because you can count at least a handful of big saves that he made at the right times. There's one where his helmet goes flying. There's the Matthew Nyes one that he stops, but like it just kind of goes back to what we saw from Sam, Samsonov all season long, Ralph. It's just that competitive nature that he has where it's like, yeah, he wants to make the save, but he also, I think, understands the 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 gravity of what's going on in the game and how important, how crucial it is. But it doesn't seem like he gets bogged down by that. Like I think he thrives under that, and he almost like he's an underthinker rather than an overthinker. If that makes sense. Yeah. Although what's what's ironic because he was in goal for Washington when they blew a three nothing lead in Florida last year. So so maybe he's he's somebody that. Uh, you know that's that's part of gaining some sort of playoff experience. It's just say, you know what? Even though it thinks it, it feels like we're out of this game, I got to keep battling just in case we can get some traction the other way. Because, uh, like I said, I mean, he just again came up with some really, really key moments. It's somebody you know hit the switch. They dug in when they had to, and and they just they almost ran out of time, but they they got it in. I'm just trying to remember, Ralphie. Uh, can you remember a team that trailed a series three one that probably thought they should have the three one series lead? No. Well, yeah, it was probably a Leafs series somewhere along the way. Summer, <laughs> we're just saying, you know, they're playing well. They're just not getting the breaks, and uh, you know, the other team is coming up at the key moment. But uh, but it is funny because, I mean, you do remember the last time the Leafs came back from a three-goal deficit. It was the play-in against Columbus. And uh, yeah. I remember packing everything up, saying, okay, this is done. And it was, what, three goals in the last three and a half minutes. Um, and Austin Matthews, ironically, scored in a power play in overtime. So, um, you know, even though, uh, you know, Willie Nylander, uh, you give him credit as well, made a great move to draw the penalty and, um, you know, almost – you know, would have had a great opportunity to end it there on his own. It could have been over had, there. Uh, yeah, if Sergachev hadn't have taken him down. So um, all that did was uh, delay the fate of the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. But, um, you, you know, as, as you know, Ryan O'Reilly, I know, has gone through it before. And I'm sure he'll say, like, that it's full of these ups and downs, uh, whether it's in a series, whether it's in a game, whether it's in a period. And you've got to be ready for it and try to battle through it, whether it's for you or against you. Well, one thing that Leafs fans can't complain about tonight is the officiating because the Leafs had power plays at key moments. They had one in the third period. They had one in overtime. And the other thing you can't complain about is the fact that Austin Matthews came to play. Like this guy, he was the best player in the game for the Leafs on Saturday. And everyone was a little bit sleepy for the first two periods to the point where we're saying Matthew Nyes is, is the best forward tonight. And Austin Matthews found a way to turn it on, and it goes to show you just how many different ways he can score goals. Saturday he scores on a tip. Tonight he scores on a tip. He scores the beautiful goal off the rush. Like, it, it seems like guys are coming to life a little bit here, and it's so good. Even for a guy like Alex Kerfoot, who scores the game winner in overtime, now you're going back into the dressing room, and there's this belief. There's a belief that's building within this group. It's like it's not a pipe dream anymore. Like It's it's something that's actually attainable, and I think that's something that can be infectious for this group. Yeah, not, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but uh, you know the first five minutes of Game 5 have got to be key, where they've got to come out with some jump and some domination. And uh, and show Tampa that they want to end the series on Thursday, and because you know what'll happen, and and how quickly, even though you've got a two go a two game lead in the series, you know you lose Game Five at home, it's going to be here we go again, 
<laughs> and and so as as much as you can say the Leafs are in the driver's seat and Tampa's got to win three in a row, they've got to win two more in Toronto, you know, and I'm sure the Tampa Bay Lightning know, we win game five, and all of a sudden the Leafs are the team that's going to be asked all the questions and about the history and inability to close out series, and is it going to be another choke in the playoffs? So even though it's, uh, you know, for Tampa, it might seem like a long shot to come back, all of a sudden you win game five and then the narrative of this series is switched right around again. Well, and, and the other thing with that, it's like you, you saw what they did tonight as far as coming back and, and they chipped away at it shift by shift by shift. You can't look at it like we need um, 13 more wins to, to, to get there. It's that same mentality where you go into game five and you're like, okay, we break it down. It's five-minute segments, and we chip away at it. And we understand if Tampa gets up on us, we've been here. We've done that before. That's what Tampa's leaned on for so long here, for the last three years, and, and probably even before that. It's like they've been to the song and dance. They understand what it's all about, and they've leaned on that experience. You don't have that experience unless you've been there. And the fact that they're up 3-1 right now, it seems like they have their foot on the gas pedal. Like That's building that confidence to understand that, okay, if they throw something at us, if the game is not going our way, like it hasn't been the last two games in Tampa Bay, we know we can still find a way to win this. We just have to keep it manageable, manage yeah. the game. And you know what, Frankie it, and, and Jimmer, it's such a, uh, an underrated stat. Games won in overtime in the playoffs. Remember the, the year Montreal won the Cup in 93? I think they won 10 overtime games. Oh, yeah. you, know, you talk about how great they were, but, but it was the overtime. Uh, you know that that really that that once they got to overtime, you could see they had this confidence that they were going to win it, that there was no question. So, um, you know, again, not to get too far ahead of yourself, but now you know for a team that has struggled when it's come to extra time, uh, and that includes losing Game Six in Tampa last year. Now you think there might be just a little bit of swagger there, and uh, uh, hopefully that's going to be for Round Two, Round Three in the Stanley Cup Finals that. Uh, they're going to feel that way when they go to extra time. So um, a lot of positives when you were thinking after 40 minutes of play that, oh, my God, uh, if they can't get out of this, you know, they were lucky in game three. If they can't get out of this and turn the series around, they're going to be in trouble again. But the the hockey gods helped them out, and uh, the Leafs took advantage of it. So you're saying we have a chance. Well, no, I said that last year, Jimmy. So I'm not going to say I'm not saying anything this year. Yeah, that's like yeah. that's like when the Leafs play Montreal, and, and Jimmy and I are talking about everyone's going to have seven points <laughs> yeah. that night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. now, now, I mean, as it must have hit uh, uh, social media by now, the last time the Leafs had a three-one series lead was against oh. the Montreal Canadiens yeah. back in. You remember, yes. remember Game Four that night was uh, in Montreal. It was a four nothing win. It was a it was a perfect hockey game, uh, never to be witnessed again. Unfortunately, in that <laughs> <Yeah>. series, <But laughs> that's the way it goes, right? Uh, that's right, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Ralphie, thanks very much. Appreciate right. it. Thanks, boys. Hey, congrats on your first win of the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels good. Although it was uh, in doubt for most of the night. <laughs> Jim Ralph, want to thank him for, for hanging around. We'll come back. Plenty to say. Got another half hour to go. This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Game Night. Jim Taddy and Frank Corrado with you. And so the Leafs win 5-4 in overtime. Kerfoot gets a nice deflection in front on the power play, 4-14 in. And that completes a marvelous comeback. And up until the midway point of that third period, it didn't look so good. So Mitch Marner was asked, what happened? 
I mean, that's a big four and three kill by us. Huge block by Geo there. Um, just from that point on, uh, we didn't want to sit back. We want to make sure we keep pushing regardless of what the outcome was, and we did a great job of it. Did you guys feel, feel like you were sitting back in the first and second period a little bit? I don't know about sitting back. Um, you know, I thought we did a pretty good job of getting up ice. Um, made it a little easy through our neutral zone and stuff like that, especially in the second. But, um, you know, like I said, in the third, we wanted to you know, get on our toes, make sure we played the game that we can play in. Um, we got the outcome we wanted. Talk a little bit about how your momentum snowballed with every with every goal. You just seemed to push harder and harder and harder. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that was a huge four on three kill to start that uh, third period off. Um, you know, after that, um, you know, great play by uh, Broads actually finding the middle there, and you know, Maddie handling that puck that I gave him, and then Willie making that play to me, and you know, Austin getting that puck off quickly off his stick, and um, and then that huge tip goal by Austin as well. Um, both those are massive, and. Um, you know, I think like everything we've always said this whole year is we believe in this team to do some crazy things and um, we don't stop uh, trying regardless of the score of the game. What was the mindset entering overtime after completing that comeback? Um, just keep playing the way we're playing. Um, just keep doing our thing. Um, keep uh, trying to make it hard through our neutral zone. Keep trying to make plays if they're there and you know, get on the forecheck. Kerfoot's kind of an unsung kind of guy in the room. What's it like to see him be the overtime hero? I mean... Herford's loved in this room more than I think anyone in this locker room, to be honest. He gets the most chirps and love that uh, anyone gets. So, um, huge play there on that uh, power play. You know, first Willie getting in the zone, um, you know, and then uh, from that point on, just Geo seeing that shot, tip, great tip by Kerf there, just staying with it. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's awesome seeing him get rewarded like that. You guys like to talk about how well you can play. What changes for this team between the, what, what you looked like in the first period and that third, second period, some, and the third period for you guys? Like, what specifically changes for this team? Um, yeah, I just thought we got more comfortable in the third, just making plays, trying to find the middle more, um, entering through the middle and making plays off it. So uh, it's something we just got to have calmness and confidence in. And, Going into game five. How important is it to have the killer instinct and, and put that dagger into them? Yeah, I mean, this is a team that doesn't stop and it doesn't quit. It knows how to win games. So um, we got to make sure we bring our best for game five. We know they're going to come out hot and ready. And um, we got to make sure that, uh, you know, we come out the same way and, um, you know, we do our thing. Did you know you were going to Austin as soon as you got the puck on the second goal? Yeah. It's, it's not hard to, you know, when you see 34 coming down the wing anytime, you know, with space around him, you want to get that puck to him as quick as you can. It's, it's on off that stick in a, in a serious hurry. Mitch Marner postgame. So let's go back to the four on three. And this is where, you know, you never know when something's going to turn. So in 1917 of the second period, Brody and Sergeyev go off both for roughing. At the end of the period, you remember McCabe gets up behind the net and cross-checks. I can't remember who it was, but he goes off at the end Nick of the period. Perfect. And you're going... Okay, okay, so you, when that happens, you're going, oh, great. So so the yeah. Tampa gets to start on a power play, and it doesn't look good, but they kill it, and it starts to, to sort of send the uh, the momentum in another direction. The other part of this is, and I take nothing away from the Leafs when I say this, there is a bit of a wilt in Tampa, isn't there? There is, but that's because the Leafs did that to them with their play, right. and you could say the same thing for the other way where Tampa found a way to get Toronto to wilt in that second period and we're heading yeah. into the second intermission thinking, man, what a mess at the end. Like they let in a goal late in the first period with less than two minutes left off the stick of Sergachev. Then they let in a goal off Alex Kalorn with two minutes left in the second period. You're thinking, man, those are the ones that kill you. Like that is the difference between a 2-1 game and a 4-1 game. And looking at it, it's like the 2-1 game is way more manageable. That's one you can turn around in an instant. 
and it was a hard hill to climb, but they found a way to do it. And yeah, the four-on-three kill was big. They get some block shots. I thought they did a really good job of blocking shots all night long. That was one of the things yes. that remained consistent right from the start of the game. There was Shen with a few in the first period. Morgan Riley. I saw Austin Matthews take one off the side of the leg um, early on in that game, and that just kind of continued. So at least you had that consistency um, with that part of the game. And turns out that was one of the things that helped you get over the hump. And um, we heard Mitch Marner talking about the pass that he makes to Austin Matthews for, for Matthews' first goal of the game, the 4-2 goal. TJ Brody makes a really smart play there where he could easily send it back to the blue line. They're going to regroup and they're going to try and, and, and attack like that. But he sends a backhand slip pass under a Tampa player's stick, and now it's a rush opportunity in short order. Um, and, and those are the kinds of like decisions that make a big difference, right? Like you, you think it's a just just a, a nothing decision where it's like, okay, that's what he would always do. But if he sends that puck back into the, 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 the Leaf zone, that goal doesn't happen. That doesn't start the comeback. So it, it's, a, it's interesting how the flow of the game can work for and against you at times. Yeah, and the reason I point that out is, is because as we're looking at that, and I think we're all guilty of this, uh, when, when Tampa's doing what they're doing, we're remembering Tampa in the, in the three Stanley Cup finals and the two Stanley Cups. This isn't the same team. And when we're looking at the Leafs and being critical, we're remembering of the, the past failures. Well, it, it looks like this isn't the same Leafs team. So, so you have to sort of change your perspective. Yeah, you do. And, and even looking at some of the Tampa players that are on the ice for these goals against, like they're not winning matchups because they got a guy like Nick Perbix where they used to have Jan Ruda or they have a right. guy like Ian Cole where they used to have Ryan McDonough. So the Leafs have been able to take advantage of that. And I think that's part of the part of what was frustrating early on in that game and even Saturday night's game where you're thinking, man, there's 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 way more opportunities to be had here. You just have to find a way to wear this team down. And luckily for the Leafs, it didn't take a 60-minute effort to wear them down. Really, it, it felt like the, the switch got flipped with 10 minutes left in that game, and it was like all of a sudden there was this urgency that came over the team. And then finally, um, you, you find ways to cash in and take advantage of, of some matchups that go your way. Uh, but make no, no mistake, like Austin Matthews turned it on. Mitch Marner turned it on, and we thought there was a little bit more more for those two guys and they showed that in that last 10 minutes of regulation and into overtime yeah here's some tough numbers uh hits the least 46 and tampa 45 block shots the least 28 tampa 24 that's a lot of bruises isn't it that is and that's the investment that you make in a playoff series that's that's kind of it is a war of attrition like we've seen eric chernak go out for the series because of michael bunting's elbow um victor hedman doesn't seem like he's playing quite at 100 percent health like you don't want to um romanticize about injuries and players going out for the other team but the fact of the matter is the team that wins the cup at the end of the year they have a lot of players banged up they have a lot of players playing through things that normally they wouldn't play through and sometimes they're just the healthier team like we we see teams fall off um, along the way because they have star players and key pieces that just can't stay healthy and, you know, we don't want to look ahead to what would be next if, if the Leafs were to finish this off. Like, they obviously have a job to do here in Game 5, and yeah. um, it, would be, it would be in their best interest to finish it off as quick as possible and not let Tampa Bay hang around in this series just because of that experience we talked about. We know they can lean on that. Um, but, listen, you finish it in five, that's 
potentially two less games that your star players need to go out there and play against these guys that are going to be running around, hitting them, cross-checking them, blocking shots. So um, utmost importance that they finish this off as soon as humanly possible, Jimmy. Yeah, and as you're talking about injuries, I just went right back to John Tavares' uh, game one against Montreal and and how that altered uh, you know the history lesson there. And you know, Leafs have certainly had been on the other side of that. So so now they're they they can watch and hopefully the health remains for the Leafs. So I, I guess the ultimate question would be what was said in the dressing room in the second intermission. Ryan O'Reilly was asked that. Uh, it's hard to say. Um, I thought we came out in the third. Played well. Obviously, Austin scoring the first one, um, you know, jump starts things. But I thought we were playing well before that. So I think we just came out with a good effort, and you know, we needed to. So, Mark, Mark there's been a lot of time with killer instinct with this group. What, what did you guys show tonight? Well, you know, I don't think it's that. I think it's just, I mean, not giving up. You know, we're in a position. Okay, that was Morgan Riley. Here is actually Ryan O'Reilly asked uh, what was said in the room in the second intermission. Yeah, I thought uh, out of the room, you know, everyone I thought was it was positive. Um, you know, the big thing was get this kill and then let's go at them. You know, I think we get one, you know, talk was we get one, put them on their heels a bit and give ourselves a chance and that's exactly what happened. Um, but I thought, yeah, it's like the feeling in the room was, you know, let's, let's go at them, let's give it a, give it a chance. And I was, uh, I was impressed with that. What did you see from Austin down the stretch in this game? You know, took control. You know, he stepped up and it's, gosh, obviously a, a major way for us. And yeah, it gave us that spark and, you know, some unbelievable plays there to get us back in the game. So it was, you know, huge. You've been through a lot of these series before. How important is it, you know, you know that, you know how this team's been to three consecutive Stanley Cup finals. How important is it to put the dagger in them and not think, oh, we got three chances? Yeah. Um, yeah, this team—they're not going away. You know, they know they're—they know how to play, and the way they start these last few games too. They're—you know—they take control of the game right away. Um, we've got a lot of work left, and you know, folks, for us, we got to—you know—match that intensity right away, dictate the game right away, and, and try to push them out. But um, yeah, you know, the focus is—you know—we have these two days to get rest, get focused, and get prepared for the next game. You know, so we have to go at them and and you know, steal, you know, take the series from them. What do you mean this franchise hasn't had playoff success? Everyone talks about it, everybody knows it. What can two games like this, even though the series isn't over, what can that do for you? Um, I, you know, I think it shows, you know, when we, you know, do get our heads bent and play and, you know, how capable we are of going against anyone. You know, this is a great hockey team we're playing, but, you know, these last two games haven't been our best. we found ways to win. Um, you know, if we be consistent with that effort, you know, we'll go up against anyone, give it a chance. So, you know, it's a lot of, you know, great third to build off of. So a lot of adjustments we have to make going forward here. But, um, you know, we're we're a good team. We have to just keep building it. What do you, what do you mean about Alex Kerfoot since, uh, since you got into this group? Um, gosh, he's, you know, does so many good things out there. Energy, um, little plays he makes, just works so hard too. It was nice, really nice to see him get rewarded for that. Just obviously a, a huge goal for us. But, you know, he's a guy that does so many things well and just such a, you know, heart soul guy to the team. In what ways have you seen Morgan elevate since the end of the regular season now into the playoffs? Um, well, he's always, you know, he's always been such an elite player, but just, you know, stepping up in these huge time for us, making these, you know, beautiful shots for us to to get us well, into OT and to seal for us. It's just, um, you know, it's him. You know, he's just a great player and, and you know, stepping up and, and we need most. It looks like he's just putting pucks to that, but there is an art to it. What do you appreciate about how he's been getting the pucks through? Oh, he's so deceptive too. You know, as a forward, even in practice, you go out against him and just see his, you know, the way he moves. You think you have him and you think you're, you're in the lane and next you know, he's just, just so smooth with the puck that he just 
loads it up and it's, it's three and then it's in the back of the net as you can see but just uh yeah the way he handles the puck up there is he's very dynamic Ryan, sorry, Ryan O'Reilly post game, a little dried out with all the uh, activities tonight, Frankie C. <laughs> uh, I, I like what he said there about Tampa because I would suspect that in game five, as, as much as the Leaf faithful will want this to end, Tampa will be life and death. They, they do not want to, they don't want to go out, and they certainly don't want to go out in five. No, of course not. This is a, a dynasty we're talking about in the Tampa Bay Lightning, and of course they want to push it right to the end, and um, they've been down before. Like, they were down 3-1 to the New York Rangers, and they decided they weren't losing that series. So this is not foreign territory for Tampa Bay. They've been there before, but at least on the positive side, you, you could look at it and say the Leafs are building so much confidence right now through this process, and, and you know, we talk about, we overuse this word all the time, learning, learning lessons. Well, um, yeah. it, they're applying the lessons right now you can say that um, and their best players are being their best players and for Tampa Bay you look across from them as much as it's a good team effort from them and, and they're carrying the the play at home for the last two games their best player in Andre Vasilevsky their x-factor has not been that for them he has not been good enough and it seems like the Leafs have found a way to beat him on a consistent basis and so you know we understand what the formula is as far as beating this team but a lot of that has to do with the formula to beat Andre Vasilevsky. Um, the Leafs have done a much better job of that. And it seems like, like, how many times have you seen Justin Hall get the puck at the point and automatically think, okay, I'm just going to pass it to my deep partner. Or I'm just going to try and skate it in and look for something else. But he takes a point shot, Nolachari tips it. Willie Nylander, he doesn't normally take a puck off the half wall and throw it at the net looking for a tip. Like, he likes a wrist shot. He likes to get himself inside the dots. But there's another one where it's it's a tip or it's a screen or it's traffic in front of the net. And then Morgan Riley, similar to like he did on Saturday night in overtime, he gets a point shot through with some traffic. So we understand the formula for the Leafs now as far as beating Andre Vasilevsky. It's shots from distance with tips and traffic, and, and they're doing a good job of it and they're getting rewarded you know i really like the riley gold uh, the, the other three are fantastic don't get me wrong but when that happened as i saw him shoot i went oh he went well he went back to the short side I, well you know, how many I, times do you see he how many times does he defer like he passes yeah. all the time he always looks for something better or he's looking for a forward and it's like there's way more emphasis from these guys now it's a shooter's mentality from the point and it's a little more simple but it's effective in the playoffs and it's not just the leafs that do that like you watch other teams those are the kinds of goals that are scored in the playoffs and it's also encouraging the fact that you, you have a personnel back there whether it's Riley whether it's um, Giordano uh, Brody Hall McCabe all those guys they just get pucks through to the net there's there's no big howitzer there there's nothing out of the ordinary but if that's your plan to have bodies at the net looking for tips looking for screens like that's that those are that's a good personnel to have doing that this is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050, TSN1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app, and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Game Night, Jim Taddy and Frankie Corrado with you. Sheldon Keefe is about to speak in Tampa. We'll be able to go to that when it becomes available. But in the meantime, this is a big comeback win. Of course, uh, the next game is Thursday night in Toronto. And uh, let's go to Sheldon Keefe now. Okay, just trying to... Uh, 
get that technical hookup and uh, having some difficulty with it. Uh, but when it becomes available, we'll be able to go back to it. So 3-1, the series is in the least favor. 5-4, the overtime win tonight is Kerfoot deflects in the winning goal in a power play, 4-14 into the overtime period. And just in stunning fashion, two great performances in terms of uh, endings in Tampa after some uh, shaky starts, to say the very least. But this was uh, just a big comeback, Frankie C, and, and plenty of good vibe there. Absolutely, yeah, and, and I want to touch on one of the things that Ralphie mentioned where he's talking about teams that lose overtime games. You lose two overtime games in a series, a lot of times that's curtains. Like, it's really tough yeah. to come back from that. Um, I had that happen to me once in the American Hockey League where we lost the first two games of a series in overtime, and it was such a deflating feeling for us. It felt like we were climbing our way back, working this uphill battle for so long, and we weren't able to really get any traction and get ourselves back in that series. Um, it really is a backbreaker. And now the Leafs have won two in a row on the road in overtime. If you're Tampa Bay, you're thinking, man, we outplayed them night one. We outplayed them for 50 minutes of night two. And these guys still found a way to beat us. And, and that's kind of what, what leads to maybe they've planted enough of a, a seed of doubt in Tampa's mind that it's just too hard. It's going to be too hard to come back. It's going to be too hard to win five, six, and seven um, with travel, the battle that's involved. Listen, at the end of the day, um, we've seen this from the Leafs before where they've been up 3-1 and they haven't been able to finish the finish the job. But with all that being said, the way they played when they can kind of flip the switch here and play with some urgency, um, it, it shows you how, how effective, how dangerous they can be. And if they can put that together for closer to 60 minutes, then like quite literally, Jimmy, 10 minutes tonight. Like, that 10 minutes of quality hockey, and they won this game. Like, that's the thing that should scare a lot of teams, including the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, let's uh, let's try and go back to Tampa and Sheldon Keefe. Sheldon, what was the difference between the first two periods where you guys really weren't yourselves and what happened in the first? Well, the second period was, was, was good, too. We just we gave up two goals, but we, we played well in the second period. Um the difference in the second and third periods is we were on top of the puck more. We came up with more loose pucks. We were second to everything in the first period. You know, they, they got uh, they got after every loose puck. I should say that in the second half of the second of the first period. I mean, the first half of the first period was pretty even. I mean, at the ten minute markets when they they score right about ten minute markets, zero zero shots are three to three. We started the game fine, but when they scored. Building gets loud. They get feeling good. You know, they took it to us pretty good the rest of the first. But I thought we were good in the second. Obviously, made it. Uh, you know, got a goal. They give us some life, and we're feeling good. And you give up the two, so you, you play better, but you still lose the period. So that was tough. But uh, you know, the message in the third period for going into the third was just to not go away. Stay with it. Um, you know, you're not necessarily at that point thinking that you're going to come back in the game. It's more like you want to you want to just stay there and give yourself a chance to come back in the game versus just going away and you know, moving on to the next one. Um, so I just pushed the guys to stay with it and and have a positive period, seek to win the period. And once you do that, uh, you start chipping away, you have a chance. So credit to the group, the spirit of the group carrying us through to you know, come back in, in this this fashion is outstanding to to witness and uh, you know be a part of. 
Josh. Sheldon, what can you say about Alex Kerfoot and what he brings to the group? A guy who goes up and down the lineup, he's kind of your Swiss Army knife. His production probably isn't what he wants, but you know, he comes up big for you tonight. Yeah, he's you know he's uh, he's an important player for the group. You know, he's a very popular guy. Guys, guys love him all the, all the way through the through the team. Um, he's been here, you know. He's been here. He's been through some some battles with with the group. You know, at at times things haven't gone great for him. At times he hasn't been happy with his play. Um, you know, his, his his production this year was below you know the standard that he would like it to be at, and that we think he's capable of. You know, there was a period of time though, it might have been late February or through March, um, and I thought he was playing quite well. You know, we moved started to move really move him up the lineup. He was playing really well. Production still you know not really there, but he was playing really well. And you know, the message is just to encourage him to. To stay positive, to stay with it, keep doing good things, and keep helping the team. And I, I told them at that time, I felt pretty strongly that he was going to score a massive goal for us this season. And didn't know when it was going to come. But I just felt the guy that works as hard as he does, and as as good as he is for the leadership and the spirit of our team, just it's the kind of guy that usually gets rewarded and should get rewarded. So. Um, I was thrilled that he was the guy to get it done tonight. Sheldon Key post game, nice tribute there, Frankie. See, I want to end yeah. on this uh, because it'll probably be the conversation on Wednesday. Bunting suspension is over. How tricky is it to get him back into the lineup and not have him be a flashpoint in a key game? Yeah, it's interesting. It's a conversation that's going to be had for sure, and it's tough though because you you win this. You go on a stretch where you win these games now without him, and how do you change the lineup? Coaches are hesitant to change the lineup in the regular season. Forget about the playoffs. So it's not going to be Nice that comes out. It's not going to be Kerfoot, obviously. I thought Kerfoot was excellent tonight, and he gets rewarded with that goal. If anything, it might be someone like Lafferty or Zach Aston Reese, but then you lose that element that you like on the fourth line. It'll be really tricky to work him in, but this is the time of year where everyone needs to make some kind of sacrifice for the team, and maybe Mike Michael Bunting needs to be okay with sitting out one more game because this team is winning games right now. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's extremely well said. And, and you know, you don't know which one. You, you don't want the guy who's going to tr- try to draw penalties coming back because that really backfired. So it is. It is tricky, and we'll we'll sort of wait to see how that happens. Frankie C, you should probably take the rest of the night off. Yes, guy. Thanks, Jimmy. Have a good one. <laughs> okay. You too. Thank you very much. Uh, out of town scoreboard is next. Then adios. This is Leafs game night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs radio network.